welcome to Jeff Pasito Reads. I'm Jeff Pasito, and this is today's story. Unseen. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.18 Rural Nebraska, Autumn Fireflies dancing in the night. That's what I miss most. You'd think it'd be my wife's face or our daughter's smile, but it's not. It's those glowing little bugs blinking in and out between the trees behind our house by the lake late into the cool evenings those damn insects flashing on and off in desynchronous rhythm with the earth, those damn beautiful points of starlight dancing in that endless sea of darkness. And now, that's all we have left. Darkness. The entire human race plunged into black, an ocean of night from the moment we wake to the moment we fall asleep. Like a newborn in the night, eternally afraid the world has left and will never return. That time in between, though, when our minds are free to dream, that unconscious time is magical, and I hold on to every second of it as though it were my mother's final embrace. Like the fog of a spring morning burning off the fields as the sun wakes from its slumber beyond the hills, the ephemeral memories of the dreams vanish quickly. My mind grasps for them like scrambling hands trying to catch the smoke of a dying fire smoldering embers slowly fading to black as the memory of light dissipates. I worry what will happen when my mind forgets how to see too, and both my days and nights pass in darkness. Will I miss it? Or will it be like those fleeting moments in mid-dawn as the dreams escape your waking mind, nothing more than a lost memory of a feeling you once thought you knew? The sharp crack of my ceramic mug against the countertop fills the kitchen, blotting out the soft trills of the meadowlarks that call among the branches of the tall pines surrounding our house. A second softer, gentler clink from the second mug follows, like a fading echo as I imagine the distance to the counter in my mind. Like sandpaper on a wet stone, my fingers slide along the counter until they stop up against the cool base of the flip-top jar that holds our instant coffee. Walking my fingers up it, like a sculptor may knead his clay, Gently coaxing it into form, my thumb finds purchase on the latch and flips it open. Instantly, the acrid scent of processed crystals floods my sinuses, and I blink, my sightless eyes watering slightly. I can see June sitting at the table in our kitchen, two years ago, wrapped in a small, knitted gray throw blanket, her hands gently caressing a steaming mug of fine-ground dark roast, the warm, smooth scent filling my nostrils as I fill my own cup with the deep, dark liquid. I haven't brewed real coffee since the darkness came. No, that's not entirely true. I stopped brewing coffee sometime shortly after Liam was born. It's truly amazing how much you take the time you have for granted when you think it's endless. It's kind of like your vision, I guess. You know how important it is and are grateful for it, But until it's gone, until you don't have it anymore, you never quite understand just how much it means to you. 
I left the flip-top instant coffee jar open as my palm shimmied across the counter once more, this time toward the back of the granite where the stainless steel electric kettle coughed through the wind-down of its heating cycle. As the thick tips of my fingers bump into the plastic base, I carefully tiptoe them around the cylinder until they find the protruding bottom edge of the large curved handle. My left hand floats through the air tentatively. It hovers just above where I think the top of the kettle is, before sinking slowly, like a diver approaching the Marianas Trench, ever so cautiously descending. Once the soft flesh of my palm strikes the dark, dome top of the kettle, my other hand can slip up and grip the oversized handle. In an awkward trapeze of fingers and cups, I manage to get the steaming liquid into each cup without dousing the counter in a splash of boiled water. I've taken to shuffling. I find it the best way to avoid the inevitable bruising from bumping into quite literally anything and everything. The simple task of traversing my kitchen floor has become a dangerous trek across unknown terrain. Sliding my left foot out, the worn rubber nubs on the bottom of my slippers skipping along the smooth ceramic floor, my toes hunt for any obstacle. With the all clear, the rest of my body lurches up to it, my right arm delicately balancing the mug of instant. My middle and ring fingers press the handle tight into my palm while my thumb and index hook over the top, dipped in to feel the hot sloshing liquid. It's the only way to keep from spilling. I can feel the warm rays through our large kitchen window as I stare out blankly. I can feel it's bright. I can feel it's early morning. But of course, I can't see any of it. Just the darkness. June would have smiled at me, sitting at the table. She would have thought I didn't notice, that I couldn't see the corners of her lips rise slightly and the joy in her heart splay clearly across her face. That would have been years ago, right after we got married. Those are the memories I can see. Where would she have been with Liam? Did she sit at the table, relaxed and just enjoying life with me? Or was she scrambling around, taking care of our son, making his life her purpose? Taking a sip of the warm drink, I shivered slightly. It scares me that the memories are starting to fade already. Like an Alzheimer's patient, my yesterdays are gone. The last year is fading too. How much longer before I forget everything? Even me. As he lowers his cup, Andrew's gaze rests out the window, unfocused, at the jagged tree line cut back so smoothly along the property's edge ages ago. The foot-long grass sways gently in the breeze as birds make their calls across the field, unimpeded by the progress of man. A small fish breaks the surface of the lake whose gentle rhythmic undulations caress the muddied edge along the corner of his property. The small dock has fallen into disrepair, broken and rotten wood splintered, returning itself to nature. Its uneven piers run along the shallow entry where June took Liam all those months ago and silenced both their cries from the world that left them behind. Thank you for listening to today's story. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can reach me by email at jeff at That's J-E-F-F at P-A-C-I-T-T-O dot com. 
on Twitter at jpasitoreads, or visit our website at pasito.com. See you soon. Some additional sound effects for this episode are from zapsplat.com and used under their standard license. All contents of this audio broadcast are copyrighted by Jeff Pasito.